and welcome to Forget the Numbers. This week on the show, we cover everything you need to know about exam bootcamp. We also look at recent news stories, including how the US-China trade war is intensifying, and look at the global banks cutting their workforces, before getting to this week's student questions. I'm Connor, and I'm joined by Alan. Hello, everybody. So, Alan, exam bootcamp is your brainchild, <laughs> I suppose. Maybe a starting point is um, the reasoning for how this was set up. I, I guess the, the whole logic was um, this, um, I guess, created by doubt. Is this doubt <laughs> that you can, uh, that online isn't the same and there's no way to support people through. And I think some of the more successful ACCA students would say, well, how did I get through? I got through because I got support all the way through. And exam bootcamp was that um, online answer. And I guess the nicest compliment is that, well, some would say the nice compliment is that others have tried and failed to replicate yeah, what we have done. Greatest form of flattery. Greatest form of flattery. <laughs> oh, you think they'd be kind of clever enough to have their own ideas, but let's take it as the clever, the, the nicest <laughs> form of flattery. But the the idea is to support students all the way through. Um, and I think we came up with the idea and we put it together and initially we tried it. And I think the very first sitting, we had 5,000 students signed up for it after kind of we put it together after two weeks uh, which surprised us and I think those numbers have continued um, but it's all about what we talked about last week it's that student contract it's that student agreement that like we're putting a lot of effort into this and and we hope they are reciprocating yeah and I think it's that idea like students like direction and we yeah. and particularly as it as it gets closer to that crunch time like the whole name comes from that that fitness side, doing a boot camp and being yeah. told exactly what to do, and you need to work hard for this amount of time for this many days. Yeah, um, and like the fitness thing, if you're told if you eat this, if you eat like this, and you exercise like this, by the time in a certain amount of time you'll look like this, or you hope to look like this, or you'll run a marathon, or you'll go to the Olympics, whatever it might be, and, and this is no different. And the three weeks does even like there's a logic to the twenty one days of the three weeks because, um, and it seems like a lot of the examining teams in ACCA are listening to us at last as well mm. as some of the students because there's been a big push um, in a lot of the reports about the last this last last ditch studying that a lot of people seem to be doing and how that, that it's really coming through in the exams that you're not giving your time f- for the information to settle into your head and yeah. And, and I think that's what bootcamp does. And that's the idea of the three weeks. It's the fact that you do a little bit every day is much better than doing a lot in two days. Yeah. And w- one of the things that I found um, when we did our webinars, and we're going to be talking next week on the podcast about a lot of what we what came out of those webinars. But one of the things you notice is during it, the advice that's being given, you know, f- for this next period of the three weeks is a lot about practicing questions, doing things under time condition cover a range of the syllabus areas yeah. um, doing a bit each day and then you get to the end and you say well you've exam bootcamp starting Monday and you'll get to practice all these questions yeah. with the time pressure everything so I, I feel like we're going into every student's house with this big golden plate and presenting <laughs> it to them yeah. and saying here is your exam yeah. here is your 50% plus on a big plate yeah. please take it and get and ignored it. by half of them <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and that, that's the thing it's, it's that wouldn't it be great? Like, I think one of the things that we always try and do, um, and I certainly have tried to do, is we've never come up with something that I would say 
that I wouldn't have found useful as a student. I think the idea is, is it's not just to come up with things that for the sake of doing it. We don't just come up with boot camp. We didn't we didn't just create correction packs. Yeah. There's a logic behind it. And I think when we sit back and we say that like if I was a student now, would this help me? Like, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. studying other exams right now. I would love a boot camp for the next two or three weeks <laughs> yeah, before yeah, my yeah. exam. Because <laughs> Sometimes trying to get yourself motivated when you're telling people all day to study and then you're going home and trying to study yourself. It's not always the, the best um, preparation. Yeah. But I would love it. I would love somebody to say, look, here, here's the end of the road in three weeks time. And if you do this little bit of work, because grand scheme of things to get past your exam, it's just a little bit of work every day and you will most likely pass. Yeah. I would be all over that. I would love that to happen. And that's that's the other thing is, um, like you said, we do think, would we use this? And we are realistic with it. It's not a, it's not us saying there's 21 days and you do 10 hours a day, you'll get 210 hours study yeah. and you'll, it's, it is realistic. And a lot of people come on and ask and they say, well, what is the, the actual commitment of bootcamp? Am I, you know, can I be at work? Can I, can I fit this around my schedule? And most of the time it's, it's around 90 minutes. It's hard. It's yeah. a bit different for different subjects, but like most of the time, the question element of it is is maybe 45 minutes, an hour yeah. for some of the bigger subjects and then review times and maybe revisit the topic. It could be 90 minutes study in from work each evening and still time to go play football or go out for dinner. But if it's the 90 minutes in the, in, like it's 90 minutes if you're doing net present value, well, part of it is to have a look at the videos and get yourself yeah. familiar with it. You can do that on the way into work. You don't have to. Yeah, you just don't have to sit down and go, when do I have a 90 minute window to do anything I want and there that you can possibly ignore social media and anything else that distracts you. Uh, you don't even have to do that. I would say the biggest the biggest group of time is depending on the question is the is the exam. Yeah. So like it's a, it's a 20 mark question. It's 38 minutes that that's the one that you shouldn't break up that's the one continuous piece of time that you need to find in your day but if you can't find 38 minutes every single day in one in one bundle of time mm. um you're not really going to pass anyway and uh, it's going to be a long road doing acca so it, it, that's all yeah. that's all you have to do and particularly with something like sbl where people say well how do i find time to do four hour case studies and we do still encourage doing mocks but we the case studies we might spread over three days yeah, so the first day you'll get a feel for the case and do part one next day is requirements two and three so you're still getting through that case it's just spread over a more manageable and the benefit time. of doing that is also you're not looking at SBL as one big exam you're learning to break it down into those little pieces that are more manageable yeah. on, your, on your exam day um, so the other thing I wanted to say on it was our survey results, which we consistently do. Yes. Just to um, reaffirm that it's not just us who are who are picking this great. up. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, consistently it is is voted um, the top, or it's normally joint top of people's favorite resource, mm. and that's across every subject. Normally, I haven't. We, we look at the surveys every every sitting, and it never falls down in anyone's surrounding. But you've got that balancing act of when they say, but we don't do it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like, so that's question one. It's yeah, our favourite. Question two, two, I did five days. <laughs> yeah, because I was too busy and you kind of got like, which is, I, I find, um, I, I in one way I find amazing, but then I guess it is human nature that you kind of say, well, this is the most amazing thing that I could do. And I know if I do it, it will help me. 
but I didn't do it. Yeah. I can't quite explain and there's lots of reasons I know I didn't have time and I was working late and you can put all the reasons in the world but it's designed in such a way to kind of not to have reasons why not to do it. So like Yeah. And the the other thing is I think some people think, well I can't do boot camp because I'm still doing some of my own study and, and doing bits, but you know, if you if you're still doing that, you can still always do boot camp could be the first thing you do each day or the last thing because it's that short time. So you yeah. you know, it's um we we have yet to hear an excuse for why someone isn't doing it. Yeah, well, we I think would, I think we'd accept. one of us, possibly you, made the comment one of the days where we look at the survey results that it's kind of a doctor comes around to you and says, "Okay, you must take these life saving drugs every day," and you say to the doctor, "You know what? I can see why that's a really good idea, but you know, I don't think I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I kind of don't have time. My life's a bit busy. I just uh, and yes, that might be a strange circumstance, but all you're doing is like." adding to the time you're going to be studying, lessening the time that you're going to be earning good money in a good job. So it's kind of, yeah. there is similar logic. So uh, just just do it. Yeah. So I think um, I, certainly the registration link should have gone out. It, it went out, um, I think, on Tuesday of last week, but yeah. it, it's probably gone again. But make sure you do sign up and then, yeah, just follow the, the emails, all the directions there, but do register for bootcamp and, see what we've been um, harping on about yeah. see if it's and, and keep in touch and, and let us know if you are stopping why you're stopping let us know why it's not working for you let us know if there's anything that we can do um, to help out and, and that's the most that's the most important if you're enjoying listening to the forget the numbers podcast we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider So our first story this week is, I think back on one we've kind of touched on before, but the ever-growing trade trend tensions between the US and China. So this has intensified this week with um, President Trump adding a new 10% tariff on $300 billion uh, worth of Chinese goods, which has been responded by China now suspending purchase of all US agricultural products and then a, a sharp fall in the global equity market to just top it all off of these things. So, Alan, are there any winners when, I suppose, these trade wars come in? Or who are the big losers, would you say, when this happens? Well, I think it's the people who are having the wars that seem to be always the ones that are um, oblivious to actually being impacted. Because you look at agricultural products and you think there are farmers in right across the United States... Mm. Um, who are clearly being impacted, who all of a sudden their produce that was taken and goes somewhere and goes to a factory and gets packed or gets put onto a ship or whatever happens, it all of a sudden they're saying to yeah. you, we no longer want that. Yeah. No, thank you. Because it's going to help you. <laughs> because it's going to help you in <laughs> the long run. You'll yeah. be better off in the long run. And, and that's kind of buoyed with the fact of who is actually having these silly arguments. Um, just doesn't give you any confidence, and I think it's a, it's a last. Like sometimes it sounds like something you'd watch on the West Wing or yeah, like yeah, a TV show. We're, yeah, we're living in a TV show. We're living says. in a TV. <laughs> it's like we're living in reality TV, um, and it's kind of. I kind of think that there's there's no winners, and sometimes it it comes across as an ego thing between two yeah, countries. Yeah, it's, uh, it's people not wanting to back down, and that's what they were saying is the only. Thing then which reverses that is when an election campaign comes around, which yeah. it will pretty shortly. And if 
you know, if growth figures are down, then suddenly it's a, well, we need to loosen that so that my campaign is supported. So it's, it becomes, um, yeah, very egotistical, as you well, said. Well, governments do it in times of strength. And you look at the US taking a stand at a time when their employment levels are really historically low. Um, and it's obviously not seeping into that. So it's a bit like Brexit the way kind of, yes, there will be an impact on Ireland and other European countries, but it's actually quite small. And you're talking about kind of one to two percent of GDP, mm. which doesn't seem like an awful lot. But that one to two percent of GDP could be 75 percent of one industry. So on a countrywide thing, it doesn't sound like an awful lot. But when you go down into the actual industry, it's usually one industry that's massively affected. Yeah. Um, and then the world is getting smaller. As you said, like global equity markets get impacted because of a trade war between China yes, and, and the China, US. Yeah. Whereas before, like <laughs> 50 years ago, it would be you'd wait for the newspapers in the morning to see what happened the day before. And now everything is so immediate and people are so reacting to it all. Yeah. And all algorithmic trading and stuff like that, that the world is such a small place now that it's no longer from a distance to say, oh, there's China and the US arguing. And it's actually going to affect everybody. It's going to affect growth in Europe because of just worldwide economic instability. So our next story then is Global Bank HSBC is cutting 2% of its workforce. I think this equates to roughly 4,000 jobs, they've said, as well as their chief executive stepping down. So they've cited this uh, due to a challenging global environment, uh, digital disruption, I think the trade and geopolitical tensions, which we have just mentioned. Possibly some of. a badly run business. Yeah, possibly. Like, just saying. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's always what they don't say is so more interesting than what they do say. This is what's interesting here is the following suit of a number of big, I think, I think Dutch Bank had something huge of, I think, 18,000. Citigroup, Barclays, Society Generale have all had these big recent job cuts. Um, so is it a case that banks like these are, are too big to innovate and <laughs> technology is coming in and fintechs and they don't know how to respond or are they just, it's showing maybe inefficiencies or poorly run businesses? I think it's more down to inefficiencies, I think when, or as much down to inefficiencies as, uh, inefficiencies as anything else because you look at these businesses and they've had um, their own way for such a long time. And yes, margins are being pushed and pushed, but I think when you have um, disruptors to the market um, mm. who are very, very different, who have, I guess in the same way as Learn Signal does, is very much a disruptor in the ACCA um, learning partner market. When you have that, um, some companies coming in, and it's not that they don't want to react, they just don't know how, and they can't react yeah. quickly enough. Yeah, And then they find themselves so far behind um, and I think, like, if companies aren't making profits, so CEOs and boards will have to make lots of profits for these for all the shareholders. And if they're not making the income, their only option is to cut on the cost side. Um, and you can be sure that th all those people in um, those banks aren't getting um, as much as the poor guy who's stepping down. Yeah, he's stepping yeah, down. I have to say, <laughs> if there's anywhere I was, anybody I was concerned about, it probably it's, wouldn't be he's him. He's low down the list. Yeah, yeah, and I just suppose it's this this new dynamic that technology um, brings, whereas where before these long-standing banks were so hard to compete with, now you've these these um, fintech companies who are growing so rapidly. I know there's there's a European one it's, um, that's recent. It's up to a five point six billion valuation. In yeah. The, 
space of I think two or three years, there's just this rapid growth because they can establish themselves now without needing an initial presence in certain countries. Yeah, but when you look at and like students say, why did ACCA bring in SBL and why do other um, providers of of kind of professional financial education do all these case study exams of is because the days of you being a debit and credit accountant are gone and a lot of those support operations finance people are probably in that list yeah. of, of thousands of people that go and like if you're not offering something different if you don't have the knowledge or the creativity or the ability to to add to a company's growth because traditionally it was kind of say i'm the accountant i'm not supposed yeah. to be involved in I'm not in strategy. I'm not in growth. Just because we're not growing is not my fault. My job is safe. That's not the case anymore now. It's kind of every part of the business has to push for growth. And it's not that technology replaces people. You look at us, we're hiring people. It seems yeah. like all the time right now. <laughs> every day. We're about to run out of space again. But we, we're constantly hiring people. But it's the type of people that we're hiring that can work with technology. But technology doesn't necessarily mean less people. It just means different people. And, and you have to be able to adapt to that. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So on to our student questions. And we've had the benefit this week of hundreds and hundreds of questions because it's tied in with some of our webinars. As I said earlier, we're going to go into more detail of all the findings from that webinars on the next podcast. But the one question, um, which multiple students have sent in this week, is I have four weeks to go. What do I do? And I, I think sometimes you can sense an undercurrent of panic in oh, these yeah. questions. There's sometimes capitals used when it's sent in. It was very funny. And last week, on, was it the webinar on Friday? It was just I have four weeks to go, four weeks to go. And you could just see... It's like all these people running around in their in their houses with their arms yeah. in the air going, before we go, what do I do? What do I do? Um, and it is a case of like getting lost. And it's not just people who haven't studied before up till now. Yeah. It's also, even if you've been studying, kind of something about the four-week thing is less than a month. It makes it kind of real. Yeah. And you kind of go, God, in four weeks' time, I'm going to be doing my exam. And am I ready? And then you begin to doubt yourself. Um, but I think what we've been saying is, is boot camp. Um, you still have to study all the content. There's, yeah. there's no, we haven't been hiding a secret weapon for all the people no. who haven't been studying. But the, the way to study, and I think the way that we really try to get across is now you have to be, you know, doing questions helps with the exam technique, but it, it's also, it's study as well. You're yeah. learning concepts, you're realizing areas you don't know. So even if you're worried that you don't necessarily know an area of the syllabus that well, by doing questions in it, you're testing yourself and you'll find the pockets that then you might have to go back, revisit the notes, rewatch the video. But if you're doing it the other way, if you're watching notes and videos and thinking, could I do a question in that? Then that's where you're going to, you'll be struggling in the exam and that's where you're going to not be getting the mark you want. Yeah, It's got to be, really got to be all um, studying through questions. And even if the question isn't going bad, even, you know, if you think, you know, nothing on it, every time you do it, that's progress. And if you do it and do it again, and the second time, you realize you understand it or you answer it better that's also progress and that's that's what you'll notice as you get closer to the, the exam yeah so i think my answer is you've got four weeks to go what do you do and i said like it's kind of time to just stop worrying that you've got four weeks to go and start working yeah and otherwise if you keep on panicking 
before you know it, you're going to have three weeks to go. Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't not, get any easier. After easier that. Yeah. So um, it, it is a case of kind of, as I always say, you guys chose to do the exams. They are professional exams and they are tough. So the quicker you kind of become professional to an extent and accept that you signed up for this, um, the better. So it's just a really a case of get going, get working, really. So thanks for listening today. Remember to register for Bootcamp and get on that uh, for the coming few weeks. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a very exciting new offering that's coming to LearnSignal. So make it sure that you tune in and we'll talk to you then. Bye.